Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 WNBC. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano here on 77 WABC. Thanks for listening to me. We have patriotic artist and a terrific New Yorker, Scott Labedo, in studio. We're going to talk to him in just a moment. We've been telling you a lot about what Madison Square Garden has been doing. If you haven't followed this, I don't love the implications of this, and I would never be this vindictive, but I do understand the reasoning for this. But basically, Madison Square Garden and Cablevision, the company that owns Madison Square Garden and other notable venues, including Radio City Music Hall, has instituted a policy where they refuse entry to lawyers that are suing them. And not just the direct litigant, but if you work for a big law firm and you happen to be a lawyer, even if you're not involved in that particular case, you're prohibited from going to a Nick game or any other events at any of these venues that are owned by Cablevision. Well, now there is proposed legislation that would prohibit this from happening in a bill that was introduced in the state legislature on Monday. The bill would amend a long-standing state law by adding sports events to the list of public places of entertainment that cannot refuse entry to people that arrive with a valid ticket. The law was originally intended to stop Broadway venues from barring theater critics they didn't like. The proposal doesn't directly address the issue of facial recognition technology to screen patrons, which some people have said they have a problem with, but Bill Spon- Sponsors said the practice was out of bounds. I totally understand the concerns about facial recognition technology. I have some privacy concerns about that as well. That being said, I can't blame James Dolan and the owners of Madison Square Garden for not wanting to roll out the red carpet for attorneys that work for law firms that are suing them. These lawsuits cost a lot of money. Why should the lawyers that are participating in lawsuits against this company then be welcomed and treated in the same hospitable manner that all paying customers have. I would vote against this bill if I were in the legislature, even though I do have some concerns about the facial recognition aspect of this and the privacy rights involved. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morning. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. There is a bill in New Jersey which is very interesting and I find it a little bit troublesome, to be honest. New Jersey lawmakers on Monday advanced legislation to make it easier for students to use their preferred names on diplomas. The measure attracted opposition from critics who say it would trouble them to change names on a diploma and from Christian groups who say it would infringe on their religious freedom. 
items. Victoria Jakelski, the director of New Jersey Parental Rights, for instance, said, If I was forced to change a legal document of any sort, including a diploma or any document, and change it from Stephen to Stephanie or Stephanie to Stephen or Josephine to Joseph, I couldn't do it. My Christian faith, my deeply held religious faith, would not allow me to do it. The LGBTQ rights group Garden State Equality supports the bill with its executive director, Christian Fuscarino, saying in a statement it would ensure a smoother process for those of the trans and non-binary experience. Call me crazy, but I tend to think that your diploma should be issued to you in whatever your legal name is. If you were born Stephen and you have somehow managed to change your name to Stephanie legally, then that's the name that your diploma should be issued under. Because we've seen a great deal of instances where people start using a different name or even some cases where they change genders and then they come to regret it and they go back to their original name or their original gender. I think this should be a black and white issue. Whatever your legal name is, that is what your diploma should be issued under. If your name is Francis and you're commonly going by Frank, no. Francis is the name that you should get your diploma under. That's what I think New Jersey ought to do. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, here's something that even Ray Charles could have seen coming. A new report found that New York's older adult population is on the rise, and Staten Island has one of the fastest-growing 65-plus populations in the entire state. And, by the way, 3,000 or more are living in poverty. This is a study that was released from the Center for an Urban Future titled Keeping Pace with an Aging New York state. And it was produced with support from the AARP, which obviously has a vested interest in making sure there are resources available for older people. But obviously that doesn't mean that it's not true. The number of Staten Islanders, for instance, over the age of 65 went from 62,000 to 83,000 from 2011 to 2021. That's just 10 years. And its population over 85 grew from 7,700 in 2011 to 9,100 in 2021. Additionally, the immigrant older adult population grew by 67%. Now, the governor, to her credit, did announce a host of new initiatives to help New York's aging population. For instance, New York is the first state in the nation to officially receive the age-friendly designation from the AARP and the World Health Organization. And that plan includes broadening access to aging services, improving quality and transparency in long-term care settings, providing funding for home care teams to serve low-income older adults and providing respite care for caregivers. That being said, I think that what has not changed here, whatever we do in terms of funding, whatever we do in terms of services, what has not changed is sort of the fetish that we have for young people. There's this tendency to look at older Americans and older New Yorkers almost as if they don't count, as if they're somehow less relevant. Well, take a look at the numbers because the ranks of the older folks are large and they're getting larger as the baby boomers age into retirement. So rather than look at older folks as people to be cast aside, let's look at older folks as seasoned citizens to be respected, venerated, and treated properly. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 W. 
news. Local Spotlight. I tell you, the more we're learning about just about every deal Governor Hochul has made in her short time as governor, the more each of them look like they stink. Governor Kathy Hochul's administration, when she used emergency authority to buy $637 million in coronavirus tests through a company owned by a major campaign donor, a lot of critics and political opponents, including me, pounced. They said, we said, that this was pay to play. They said that uh, these 2021 state purchase orders were the definition of a conflict of interest. Now, what did we hear from the governor and her people? For months, Governor Hochul and her allies insisted the governor did not have any direct involvement in the deal. Hochul stated her only involvement was directing her team to purchase as many tests as possible from any available sources. But now we know that's not true. In an email written 13 months ago, by the company's owner, Charlie Tabelli. So he suggested he may have directly discussed COVID-19 tests with Hochul at a campaign fundraiser that Tabelli himself had thrown for the governor. And this has been reported by the Buffalo News and distributed elsewhere as well. Tabelli's email was written to a top Hochul aide, and he was seeking to follow up on a conversation about a whole bunch of topics, including COVID tests. Four days after the email, Hochul's administration approved spending $338 million for COVID-19 tests procured through his company. The email was obtained by the Buffalo News through the Freedom of Information Law. Hochul's press secretary said Governor Hochul did not recall the conversation. Oh, of course. Why would she recall it? How many conversations is she having about a $339 million purchase of of COVID tests from a campaign donor? If the fact is that she's having so many she can't even remember them, well, then that's a whole separate cause for concern. This deal stinks from the high heaven, just like the Buffalo Bills deal and so many of the other deals that Hochul's been involved in, which at the very least seem to have an appearance of a conflict of interest. Beam me up! To be continued.